1: let's come to the book of philippians chapter 4 and verse number 10 philippians chapter 4 verse number 10 we want to get into god's word we are running two series alternatively we are looking at a spiritual man and then i interrupted it with giving seven great opportunities to give last week i talked on that and i want to continue and then next week i'll revert back to our original setting philippians chapter four and verse number 10 the Bible said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care by your lack opportunity. Somebody say you surely did care by your you lack opportunity. Okay, so this is one of the unique church. It's, it's a real church and uh, when Apostle Paul, during his missionary journeys, he formed a lot of churches, established a number of the churches. But this particular church or group of churches within this area was unique to him. And it was unique to him because this was a church that was always looking for an opportunity. You know the opportunity they were looking for? It was an opportunity to give. So they came to Park, wrote to them and said, you have always shown concern and love. And you have been very much involved and passionate about kingdom business. But you never had the opportunity. But so we come to Galatians, number six, and verse number six. He said, Let him that is taught in the word share in all good things. Wait, who he teaches? Do not be deceived. God is no more for whatever a man sows, that also he shall reap. For he who sows to his flesh, all of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows the spirit, all of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Verse 10, therefore, somebody say, therefore. therefore. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those in the household of faith. Now, we looked at how to maximize the opportunity to give. That's last week. Realize that God gives us opportunities to give, and they come in different forms. Number one, Opportunity to give comes every time we gather before God. When we come to church, the Bible said, none shall appear before him empty. So every time we come to God's house, we have an opportunity to give to God. And then, number two, we said, there are special kingdom opportunities, special seasons. God was taking the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt into Canaan. On the way, he spoke to Moses and said, Take an offering from the people. And the purpose of the offering is to build me a sanctuary. And there are times like that where such opportunities also come your way. God also gives you the opportunity to give when he makes you see or hear about a need. It's not everybody that gets to hear or see about a need. Elijah the prophet was moving up and down. There was one woman who saw a need in his life and met it. And the bible says god visited that woman by reason of that kind art a group of three gentlemen also entered into a land where abraham was abraham perceived their need welcomed them home by the time they were leaving his house they had provided abraham with something that money could not buy And so that is it. Every time we see a need, whether it's in the life of a person, whether it's in the life of a church, whether it's in the life of somebody, that is something God wants you to do something about. You may not be able to meet all that need, but you can always do something about it. Are you with me here? Uh When people come to you with problems, don't put them away. I never turn somebody away when I know that that is a legitimate need. I may not be able to meet the full need but I will do something about it. I will do something about it. That's what the Bible says. It says, whoever, 1 John 3, verse 17, whoever has this word's goods, is it not a blessing? I like that scripture. Whoever has this word's goods and seeth thou his brother in need. Whoever, look at that. Whoever has this word's goods. So when you see the need, you have. And God is showing you. Praise the Lord. God shows you need that he has already given you capacity for. If you can't handle it, you won't see it. But when God brings it your way, it means He wants you to do something about it. Praise God! And most of the time, people blow that opportunity. Unfortunately, you will not miss that opportunity again. And then, of course, we said that we also have opportunity to give when we receive guest ministers amongst us. That is one of Every time a guest minister walks into a church, God sends guest ministers for a purpose. It may be a church program that has been put together, but God has brought them for a purpose. And when you learn how to receive from them well, and you minister to them likewise, something supernatural is a change in the spirit. Somebody say an amen. Amen. And then, of course, this is the high level. If you have not learned to give at the various three phases... The fourth is this particular one. You will not get it. And that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There are Christians who have been Christians for long and the Holy Spirit has never spoken to them to do a a particular thing. To give a particular seat. When you are a Christian and the Holy Spirit does not talk to you about your money, maybe you are spiritually deaf. You are spiritually what? Or your heart is really not with God. When your heart is with God, He will talk to you about your money. Somebody say, "God talks to me about my money." Yeah. When your heart is with God, you see, anything that touches your money touches your heart. The Bible says, "Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be." So if you are you are going deeper, that's why I realized that when people are growing very deep. Into spiritual things and they are growing in their knowledge of God. One of the things they find themselves doing easily is giving. One of the sure signs of Christian maturity is easiness with giving. When generosity is natural with you, when you don't struggle to give, no matter what it is, it's a sure sign that you are growing in the likeness of Christ because that is one of God's very nature. Somebody say an amen. amen. How do we maximize the opportunity to give? Number one, don't deny yourself or add this the opportunity to do so. Don't deny yourself or address the opportunity to do so. Paul was a great apostle, but in his letter to the Church of Corinth, he apologized to them, and his apology was that when he they had the opportunity, he robbed them of nothing except the opportunity to have given. Number two, we said prepare and expect it. Given is an opportunity, so prepare and expect it. Somebody say prepare and expect it when you come to church expect that an opportunity will be given to you to give in this service it will give you an opportunity to give prepare and expect it be spiritually sensitive to seize and maximize given opportunities you have to be spiritually sensitive somebody is spiritually sensitive you see, this New Testament life is all lived in the Spirit. You were born of a Spirit, you live in the Spirit, and you are to walk in the Spirit. And you win in the Spirit. So, when you learn how to respond to the Spirit, you are able to get great and amazing results. Somebody say an amen. amen. And then number four, we said that is what ultimately we want. Now listen, this is, I'm teaching, I'm teaching to serve as a foundation for our church. I'm teaching also, to help you to get that orientation when it comes to giving in this house. Number four is that you must embrace every given opportunity as a privilege. Somebody say, embrace it as a privilege. As a privilege. Say, giving is my, my highest privilege. Yeah, Giving is a privilege. Now, you see, so you have to embrace it as a privilege. There are some people, when I had somebody uh, some time ago, uh, leave a church and he said uh, he went to the pastor he wants to collect every offering he has given this is somebody who obviously felt he was doing the church a favor by giving when you give you don't do god a favor god actually does you a favor by receiving your gift because he doesn't need it are you with me here yeah you can't give a bottle of uh Coke to eh uh, Nana Akufuadu, even when he was a presidential candidate, and go and brag about it that oh, today I did Akufuadu a favor. I gave him a bottle of coke. Before he was president, it was not a favor. Now that he's president, you can you in fact you will be thankful if you extended a cup of water to him and he took it. Am I communicating here? We are not dealing with a person in the class of Nanado. We are not dealing with a person in the class of Utuvo. We are dealing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who made the earth. The Bible said, The earth is a loss and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. He said, The cattle on the thousand hills are mine. The silver and the gold are mine. Am I communicating here? When God gives you an opportunity, see it as such. Somebody say an amen. I, I cannot imagine peter bragging about the fact that today everybody should come and see what happened i went for fishing and jesus came there was no boat so i gave him my boat and see how jesus was happy at the end of the day who had the greatest returns was it jesus or peter it was peter the donkey upon which jesus sat will not brag about the fact that hey jesus came to sit on of all places, in fact, that is the only donkey that is recorded on script in scripture as the one Jesus sat on. Praise the Lord. The only donkey also that had human beings put their clothes on for it to walk on. Why the donkey walking on human beings' clothes? Who is doing who a favor? And the reason why human beings would put their clothes down for the donkey to walk on was because Jesus was sitting on it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And a lot of people wouldn't see it like that. See every given opportunity as a privilege. Somebody say as a privilege. Now we're looking at seven great opportunities giving offers you. Giving is an opportunity. Now if it is an opportunity, what kind of opportunity does it offer us? Number one, we said giving offers you the opportunity to manifest the nature of God in you. Somebody say the nature of God in me. Oh say it aloud, the nature of God in me. You must understand that if you are supposed to behave in any way, it's supposed to be Christ's way. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm not of myself. You are not supposed to have yourself. You are supposed to have Christ's self. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to so die is gain. He said, I am crucified with Christ. and Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. So you have to live the life of Christ. You have to manifest the nature of God. There are a lot of us, we are not like God in many things. It's not that you don't have the capacity to manifest, the capacity is there. You are not yielding to it. Every monkey carries the DNA of a monkey. Two of us. As a child of God, you carry God's DNA full scale. His DNA is in you. And if there is any DNA that introduces God to humanity, Strongly above all else, it is given. Somebody say, Given. It's given. Given. There is more about prayer. There's more about giving in Scripture than prayer. There's more about faith in Scripture than uh, 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 giving. That, uh, than all of these things. Giving is one major thing that introduces. God introduces Himself to humanity as a giver. The moment Adam is created, can you imagine Adam is created and everything He needs has been given to Him? The garden was there, the water you depend on, the animal, everything he needed. And you know, in Christ, the same thing has been made available unto you. The Bible said, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So when you entered Christ, what Adam had, you have a better version of it. Oh, yeah. Somebody say an amen. amen. All things that pertains to life and godliness have already been made available unto you. So you have to understand. That's why understanding, knowing who you are and knowing what is available for you as a believer is vital. It's vital for you to enjoy your relationship with God. It's vital in enhancing your prayer life. It's vital in making you become an effective Christian. Sometimes people pray and they are praying and already asking God for something God has already given to them. For his God. Why will you do that? Because you don't know. But when you get to know what God has made available for you, you are appropriated by faith. In the book of Philemon it said by uh, the effectual working of your faith by the acknowledging of every good thing. To acknowledge means to tell yourself that this is available. I've seen it. This is my own. Somebody say an amen. Amen. So the first one is to manifest God's nature. Somebody say manifest God's nature. Say manifest God's nature. I know we all want to be holy. God is holy. You want to be just. God is just. But do you also know that God is a giver? God is a giver. He gave from day one. In fact, we are actually a product of his giving. Everything about man is a product of his giving. The Bible said God made man out of the dust of the... And he breathed. He gave his life into man. And man became... Living so. everything you have become is a product of that which you have received from God when this understanding sinks in your head and it sinks in your spirit you will never struggle to give so you manifest God's nature when we give whether it's tithe, whether it's offering whether it's food, whatever it is, it's an opportunity to manifest God's nature and you know, that's why is it, is it not interesting that the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver why? because he's excited to see his nature manifesting you when you give, you are manifesting God's nature. One of the greater joy of any great father is to see the good virtues in them, manifest in their children. Am I communicating here? Every good father, every good father, even if they are bad fathers, they want to see their good side manifest in their children, and their bad side, no. And God is a good and perfect father. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I see you manifest his nature. Yeah. So when you are complaining, when it's not time to give, you are not manifesting his nature. Number two, we said that the opportunity to give is an opportunity to demonstrate sincere love for God and man. Somebody say sincere love for God and man. Say sincere love for God and man. There are only two kinds of love in scripture. We have hypocritical love and we have sincere love. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. And how can we distinguish sincere love from insincere love? It is in generosity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others, that you may prove the sincerity of your love. Sincere love is proven through giving. God so loved man, God so gave. He said, greater love had no man than this, that the man would give his life. For his friends. Today, I'm speaking on the opportunity to invest in eternal things. Somebody say the opportunity to invest. How many of you have an investment of any sort? You have an investment. Please lift up your hand. If you are doing any investment of any sort, oh, you are not doing any investment. Then I have a problem. Yeah. See, that you are lying or you are doing it. Yeah. I want to believe you are lying. But if you are not doing at all, then it means it's not too good. Yeah. Yeah. Because or maybe you are suspicious of what I will say. Yeah. (laughs) But love does not think evil. Zachariah says, Let no man imagine evil against his neighbor. So don't imagine that I will say something. Listen. Do you know that when you give, every time you come to church, every time you have an opportunity to give, you're actually making an investment. Do you know? It's an investment. Most people don't know that. It's an investment. It's an investment. When we talk about investment, people think about bonds. They think about stocks. They think about fixed deposit. They think about treasury bills. They think about real estate. And they will say the only estate that is real is real estate. But by the time I'm through, I will show you the only estate that is real is kingdom estate. Somebody say an amen. You see? Your values must change. A lot of us have been born again and we are holding on strongly to the value system of the world. We cannot enjoy kingdom life living our lives according to the values of the world. The Bible says, Your ways are not my ways, neither are your thoughts than my thoughts. When Jesus came, he made it very clear. He said, among you, it shall not be so. There are things that are not supposed to be so among us. I want you to appreciate today that giving is an important opportunity to make eternal investment. Somebody say eternal investment. When you invest, what do you do? You are simply giving something up now for something better and of greater value in future. That's what you are doing. That's what it does. Now look at two types of investment every human being is doing now. Two types of investment. One, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 20. That's what the Bible says. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rats destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Don't. Somebody say don't. don't. Say don't. don't. Say don't. 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 Don't store up treasures where it's on earth, where molds eat, rats destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Number two, he said, store treasures in heaven. Somebody say treasures. Right. Now, so, so on both platforms, we are looking at treasures, whether it's on earth or is in heaven. But it's not a question of treasure. It's a question of location. You know, when you are doing real estate, what determines the wealth of an estate? Number one is location. Somebody say location. Say location. Uh-huh. So when the estate, the same building, it may be the same design, everything, but when it is at Paraku Estate, you are likely to pay more than when the same building with the same material is at Moshizongo. Two-bedroom flat at Nima. Two-bedroom flat at Airport Hills. The one will be done in dollars. This one may be done in some cities. Praise the Lord. Estate, location. Now, the Bible says that when you are doing investment, if you do your investment on the earth, the value is low. But when you do investment in heaven, you know, when you make your investment in heaven, the values are eternal. That's what the Bible is saying there. Lay up no treasure. What does it mean? Does it mean we shouldn't do anything at all? on earth no that's not what it means what it means is that if you are going to make great investment make sure it is in eternal things somebody say eternal things say eternal things say eternal things that's very very important everybody and i tell you believe it or not you see when we are making earthly investment we are very conscious that we are making investment every month there's a certain amount of your salary or your income that goes into a certain account deliberately for a certain future purpose you know you are doing it but do you know that a lot of christians are not consciously investing in the kingdom they are not that's why you can forget that you have not given your time when your standing order takes the money from your account and you are alerted by empty and you know that you are storing up some money for the future but you don't know that you are not sending anything up there. Look at what the Bible says. He said, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap uh, corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap eternal life. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 and 19. Let's look at that. He said, teach those who are rich. And you, because you are rich, that's what I'm teaching you. Say an amen. amen. Say, I'm among the rich. Among the rich. Yeah. Never describe yourself as a common man. You know, the ordinary person, Ghana is tough. Now the ordinary man is struggling. Who is the ordinary man? Praise God. The Bible says, take those who are rich in this world. May you be rich in this world. May you experience great wealth in this world. The Bible says, if you are going to command wealth in the world, your mentality must be different. What should be your mentality? You should not be proud. You should not be proud. If you have money and you are in church, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't expect to be treated in a certain way because of your money. Praise God. Humble yourself. He said, Don't be proud because wealth and pride they go together. Because you set up a company and you are employing, you've employed some people, you speak to them as if they are dogs. That's pride. That's right. The Bible says, teach them not to be proud. No, trust in money. Of course, your trust in money is what is making you proud because you think that money can do everything. But when you are sick, your dollars cannot take you to the hospital. You can have the best of cars. If you can't drive your dollar, you can't speak to say pounds, drive me to the hospital and they will drive you. You will need a human being. Real rich people are usually rich in people. Real rich people are rich in people. You meet a very rich man. Check the people around him. How quality are the people? The quality of human resource around you is what truly defines your wealth, not how much you have in the bank. Praise God. Because that that is the only riches that is eternal. People, So, So, teach them. They should not trust in money, which is so unreliable. You know why people are proud? They think that they can use money for anything by is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Why? Because he never changes. I am the Lord. I change it not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. From the beginning to the end, he is God. The Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Am I communicating somebody at all? That's why your trust should be in God. That's why you should not. The Bible says money certainly has wings and it can fly away. And in your lifetime, if you are older little, you've seen some people who used to be rich and are no more rich. So the Bible says, humble yourself. Don't let money enter your head. You come to church, you get to the parking lot and people are trying to help you park and you talk to them as if they are your house, uh, house help or something. Humble yourself. You, are, you have met another ambassador in the kingdom. So learn to treat him with dignity and with respect. Can somebody say an amen? Yeah. Some of you, you park your car and the person who assisted you to park, you even say thank you because you think it is his right if you came and the whole park was nyama nyama and everything was disorganized i wonder where you park that your nice car about yourself. have a great business without people that business cannot work learn to show them respect appreciate them somebody say an amen, amen. yeah who gives us richly all we need for our enjoyment You see, one, trust God, because if you don't put your trust in God, money will disappoint you. Do you know that some of the people who cannot stand disappointment are rich people? When they lose, you know, during the 2008 crisis in the U.S., a lot of people committed suicide. Particularly in the Western world, because those of us who are in Africa, we we are actually living suicide lives already. (laughs) No, no, no. When the numbers change, when the figures change, and people foreclosures and all of those things, people were wild. A lot of people, some of them couldn't take it. That was a story I read of one man. I think in Illinois or something. About he had about a family of about five people. He just shot himself, shot all his children, shot the wife, and that, that was it. See, he's hopeless. Everything he was living for was money. Bible says that tell them god gives us richly all things all things to enjoy somebody say all things to enjoy now listen after money you will need peace to enjoy money after money so money is not all god gives you all things to enjoy money is not the master key to enjoyment money is a principal key but it's not the only key you can build a great house but have no peace in it you can have a great bed water bed whatever bed spring bed Uh, orthopedic bed, air bed all of those things, you will sleep and you will not be able to sleep why? because I laid me down I slept, for thou O lord maketh me to dwell in safety, can somebody give me an amen Amen. God gives us richly all things to enjoy, then he says if you are going to be, this is how your mentality should be, he says that they should be teach them to be generous give me verse 18, teach them to be what? tell them to use their money to do good what is a good build church that's good somebody say an amen. amen yeah use your money let the word of god be on radio let the word of god be on tv some of you god has blessed you already you have a house you have multiple houses you have all of those things. you are still yearning for more houses how many of them will you take home we need money to push the gospel. You can put this gospel and preaching on television, and many lives will be touched and transformed by it. Somebody say an amen. amen. That's what the Bible is saying. He said, Teach them, let them use their money to do good, that they will be rich in good works, generous to those who are in need, Always ready to share. Ready to what? Re- That's the mindset of godly riches. Have the mindset ready to share. Now go on. He says, By doing this. By doing this, they are what? They are storing up treasure. Somebody say treasure. Okay, That's the investment we are talking about. When you do this, you are making investment for eternity. You are storing up. Matthew says, don't store up for yourself on earth only. But lay up treasure. Because very soon you will see that treasure on earth is not treasure. It's actually trash awaiting to be put in the trash can. Because one day, all of it will be put in the trash can. When you die and they give you your six feet on the ground, your car cannot occupy your six feet. Your mansion at Airport Hills cannot occupy that same space with you. It is only you that will go there. Every other thing you are dead to you is like a trash. Am I communicating here? Yes, like trash. That's what the Bible is saying here giving is giving on earth is equivalent to saving in heaven. Somebody say giving on earth. earth. Uh, Let's look at this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 15 to 17. Philippians chapter 4 verse 15 to 17. You can give me the new international version. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of my acquaintance with you in the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was with you in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire. Somebody say, not that I desire. Uh Not that I desire your gift. What I desire is that more will be credited to your Oh say it, more will be credited to your May I ask somebody this morning, how fat is your heavily account? How fat is it? How fat is your heavily account? I know sometimes you can just go online and check your bank balance and then you are excited. Wow, I'm making it. I'm just asking you today when you check the other side and you pee you gaze into your uh, into eternity to for your bank records how fat is it how fat is it how fat is it because every month there is a specific amount that goes into your savings into your investment but you don't have a specific likewise amount coming into god's kingdom why is it so important that we appreciate this four reasons why you must seize every given opportunity to invest in things of eternal value number one Because investing in things of eternal value is a mark of wisdom. Somebody say a mark of wisdom. wisdom. Say a mark of wisdom. wisdom. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, Jesus describes a man who was very loaded. Let's look at it. He spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain man yielded plentifully. Somebody say "Great great harvest. Yeah, this man had a lot of money. Things were going fine. And he said, he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? When you read this scripture, you see the pride, the way pride can eat wealthy people up. In this few scriptures, you can count almost several eyes. He thought within himself, what shall I say? What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my... Where was he storing the crops? He was storing them on earth. He's looking for more room. Like right now, when money enters your hand, you are looking for more avenues for investment. You are looking for which land can I buy? Which is the prime place to invest? You are always looking for. When will you start thinking? Which kingdom project? What will you come to, Pastor, and say, Pastor, is there any kingdom dream in your heart? Is there any church you are thinking of us starting? I pray that in my lifetime, God will raise people like that in this church. Amen. Somebody say an Amen. amen. Those are the kind of people heaven celebrates. Not the person who has 10 houses. And some of them are empty and human beings are looking for a place to stay. Praise God. Yeah. He said, I will put this out, my barns, build greater, and I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, he forgot that the only place is con- his, his control extended Was the body realm? He said, I will say to my soul, when people have seen money, they think they can use money for everything. You can use money on earth. When they say a feast is made for laughter, one make money, my money answered all things. Solomon was speaking in the context of the earth realm. Money answers things in the earth realm, money does not answer in heaven. He said, I will say to my soul, How many goods have I laid out for you for many years? Take your ease, eat and drink and be merry. I have a lot of investment. There are people who can sp- I have a lot of investment. If I choose to retire now, I can live on my investment till I die. I hope God can say the same of you in the heaven. Verse 20. But God said to him, Fool, you will not be called a fool. Amen. May heaven not see you as a fool. Because uh, many people are walking in the foolishness of this rich fool. They are working in it practically. Everything they do, that's all. That's all. Anybody, any child of God who is constantly engrossed in acquiring material things without kingdom investment can be described by that. I don't want to say it. He said, this night your soul will be required of you. Then who's those things which you are provided for? He had a fat earthly account but zero heavenly account. Nothing in heaven, everything on earth. Is that how you are living your life? Is that how you are living your life? When I look at your investment, what you are doing with your life, what you are doing with your money, how much of it is going ahead of you? Look at it. Number two, because this world is not your permanent home. That's why you must invest in things of eternal value. Somebody say, this world is not my home. Somebody say it aloud. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. 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 I'm just in passing through. My treasure's laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels back on me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Some of you are too at home in this world. A Christian must never be at home in this world. Did you hear me? A true Christian must not be at home in the, some. There are some Christians who are too at home that even when the rapture is taking place, they may miss it because they are too comfortable. Too comfortable. Look at what the Bible says. I didn't say it. First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. He said, "Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from what desires. That way, it war against your very souls." Somebody say, "I'm here for a short visit." <laughs> Oh, come and say it? I'm here for a short visit. A short visit. Yeah. You can't go to America on a visitor's uh, visa and then begin to do some things. Thank God Trump is no longer there. He will locate you and make sure that your government gets hold of you quickly. The kind of visa you have will always tell what you can do and what you cannot do. When you carry a transit visa, you are not allowed in, some, in most countries to step out of the airport to do anything transit is transit apart from the airport where you are allowed to, if you get out of town you are trespassing so there's transit visa there is a, a visitor's a visa and the, you have all of these visas here the bible says we are here friends this world is not your home so don't make yourselves cozy in it somebody say cozy in it i know some people teach that uh, after the resurrection we will come back and they will mark your house and all of those things they are very comfortable let them go ahead with it but the world as it is if this is how the world is going to be i don't think i want to come and live in a world like this but there's a new heaven and there's a new earth that god has reserved for us and we need to make preparations for that that's what he said don't be cozy in it this world is not your home philippians chapter 3 verse 20 said we are citizens of heaven somebody say i'm a citizen of heaven yeah where the lord jesus christ lives so No matter which part of the planet you are on, those of you who are online, you are only a citizen here. You are only a a temporary. Your citizenship is in heaven. Now, let me ask you something. Some people travel really out and they do a lot in the places where they are. But you see, wise people will always want to make sure that they do great investments in their home country. No, be so. No, be so. Oh, some, some of as you are aging, they will tell you that you have to do something in your village. You know, when you die, they will bring it you to your village. So there must be, listen, uh, I, I have a different opinion about that though. It's not bad to do something in your village but don't invest heavily in the village until you have a good property in the city. Village properties don't rise appreciating value as much as city properties. So don't be in a hurry. My mother said as you come and build in the village, then you are going to put money in the village. Find some half plot somewhere here and do something before you look at that place. But I want you to appreciate this your greatest investment must be in your place of permanent residence. Am I communicating? The reason why it's unwise to go and make heavy, you are not living in the village that you go and make this, uh, uh, that huge investment there. You no, know? your greatest investment must be in your permanent home because that is a place you are going to live eternally. Now, may I ask you something? All the offerings you've given. All the tithe you've ever given. Every seed you've ever given to God. If that is the raw material for building your house in heaven, will you be glad to live in it? Will you be glad to live in it? Will it build you a good mansion enough for you to live? Some of you, it may not even be able to dig a foundation. Some of you, even a block, it cannot buy. And yet, we call ourselves Christians. No, no. No, we are earthly people. Think deeply. Think deeply. Think deeply. Number three, because eternal investment is the safest and most secured form of investment. Somebody say eternal investment. Ooh, is the most secured and safest form. When people are making investment, you know what they think about? They think about safety, the security of the investment. If I put my money in this, will it be secure? That's why they say that real estate is the greatest or the best form of investment. Because the security is tight. But in the United States and in the Western world, during the 2008 crash, even real estate suffered. So real estate is really not a real estate indeed. There were a lot of foreclosures. A lot of people lost their homes in the U.S. The only investment that is most secure and safe. Look at it here. The Bible tells us about a number of things that affect our investment. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Matthew six. He said, "Don't store up treasures here on earth. Where moths? Somebody say moths. Uh huh. They will eat it up. And rust destroy them. And thieves break in and steal. All of these three can affect any investment on earth. Praise the Lord." Every investment is subject to one of these. And now we can even include natural disasters. What estate did Job not have? Within one soup of natural disaster, all of it was gone. Everything. Great houses, they were all leveled to the ground. He slept one night in millionaire, Woke up the next day, uh, an abject pauper. Did he had nothing but his faith in God. And his faith in God was able to bring him a restoration. Now, if you lose everything else you have, do you have enough faith, currency with God to be able to buy back everything you have lost? Number four, because eternal investment yields the highest and most enduring returns. That's my final point. It yields the highest. Somebody say the highest. Highest. Who? The highest. The highest. If you are doing investment, for instance, in the natural, and you know, uh, real estate gives you great returns. You want to do more of it. If you are doing transport business and it's bringing you great... You want to do more of it. That's what you do. But this one here is the most. The, the greatest dividends and the highest dividends. The highest dividends. I will show you. It's not treasury bills. It's not stocks. It's not real estate. It is this one. Somebody say this one. Uh-huh. John chapter 6 verse 27. He said, Labor not for the meat which perisheth but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Somebody say everlasting everlasting life. Now take this quote with you as I close. Eternal investments are the only investment that can cross over with you from time into eternity. Somebody say eternal investments. That's the only investment that can cross over with you from time into eternity. Somebody say time to eternity. Say time to eternity time to eternity. When you leave, you exit this your body. The only thing you have that will speak for you on the other side are the things that works your money did for God while you were here. And we see that in the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. Revelation 13, 14. He said, I heard a voice from heaven. This is not a voice from your hometown. It's a voice from heaven. Praise God. Somebody says a voice from, voice from heaven. Yeah. This is a voice from heaven. What did the voice say? The voice said, right. Blessed. When you die, may your death be a blessing. Amen. He said, blessed are those who die in the Lord. There are some people, when they die, it's not a, we just mourn them, but their death is actually a curse. But there are people, their death is a blessing. The death of the righteous is a blessing. He said, they die in the Lord. If you are looking for a place, you die, die in the Lord. Say, die in the Lord. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. And when you die in the Lord, something happens. You rest from your labors. The Bible said, and their works follow them. May your works follow you. Amen. What works are you doing? And we are, when we are talking about your works, we are talking about your works. The works, your money did. Your works, your time did. Your works, your energy did. Some of you sit in church. There is no work you are involved in. Your money is not involved in a work. Your time is not involved in a work. You are not available to serve in any capacity in the church. What works will follow you? When you die, what works will follow you? May I ask you again? What works will follow you? What works will follow you? Some people will just enter heaven and there's nothing following them. And I like it when he says, your works will follow you. Your works don't go before you. That is why we say salvation is a free gift. Works follow salvation. Works don't go before salvation. You enter heaven through faith in Christ, and your works in Christ will follow you. Can somebody say an amen? Amen. What works are you investing in? What works are you investing in? Almost everybody is an investor in one thing or the other. Even those who don't have the money to invest are still asking around for opportunities to invest. I want you to know your greatest investment must be kingdom investment. And that is what giving affords you the opportunity. When we say we are giving for this cause, we are building it. We are starting a church in Petit. We need these items. What can you do about it? It is an opportunity to send your works ahead. Somebody say an amen. amen. say so we are starting a church building project. What you should think about is I have an opportunity to send my works ahead. Can somebody say an amen? amen. That's that's what giving is. Unfortunately, over the years we have taught giving in a very legalistic way so people do not appreciate it. It's your opportunity and all of us will jump at any good opportunity. A lot of people, if they get opportunity to travel now, they will leave this service before I close (laughs) and they will travel. When God calls them, they will miss the call. But when American Embassy calls them, they must speak it. Praise God. They must speak it. So desperate for that place. I pray that God's word will have free course in your heart. I pray that the word of God will bear fruit in your life. You are investing in every other thing, it's great. But your greatest investment must be in the kingdom of God. Open your mouth and begin to pray. My
0: fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church 6.45am to 8am for our first service, 8.30am to 9.45am for our second service and 10.15am to 11.30am for our third service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 7.45pm locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santati Runabout, Kumasi Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.